Having minority-based conversations in the military can be difficult. They can make you seem out of sync with those who you're supposed to connect with. Insert cadence combos. On the 1st and the 15th of every month, I will bring you a different minority military experience. These experiences are told from an individual perspective designed to help you connect through conversation. So let's get in line, let's educate, let's relate, and get in sync. Come join the conversation. Legal disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed or implied on any of these episodes are solely those of the individual and they do not represent the military in any shape or form. Thanks. Thank you for letting me interview you today. Thanks for making time for this. No problem. So what, what's your minority affiliation? I am Filipina. Yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit about like how you grew up, your background, like family life. Um, I grew up in Northern California. Um, I honestly wasn't exposed a lot to the military until I actually started doing ROTC um, and then my, I definitely got a lot more exposure, got to talk to a lot of my family members um, that were in the military. A lot of Filipinos are in the Navy, so a lot of enlisted um, members from the Navy from both sides of my family. And even just as years have gone by, just like what has been, you know, our contribution to the military and finding out like my grandpa that never actually talked about it, he passed away. But he was, he served in the army um, during the Bataan death march. So that was something really cool to, uh, to discover and to like, you know, kind of know like your family actually did a lot in the military. But a lot of those stories you didn't really, were not interested in or they didn't advertise it until I started to become interested as I was going through the military. Yeah. And so that Bataan Death March is um, a big deal for for me because I'm stationed at Dias Air Force Base. And so that um, that's some history for us here, especially with our commander, our wing commander. He is Philippine. And so that is like extremely significant. So I'm glad that we have that uh, that connection right there. Yeah. And, it, you know, growing up, you don't realize like the connections or the history. But the more you dig there, there's a lot to uncover that you know, you don't hear as much or learn from your schools when you're growing up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Especially about not learning some stuff from school that I think that was like my biggest eye opener was like, oh, this stuff I learned in school is not quite the whole story. Like, mm, okay, let me go dig on my own and, and learn some things on my own. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And mm. I, I definitely can relate to like, uh, you know, when she, I think my first class was when I started in community college and they brought in, you know, they, they said, you have to take a history class. And I took the Asian Pacific history class and that was mind opening. First time kind of learning something outside of your normal, what your, the normal history that you had in high school and being able to branch out yeah. in specific cultures, pretty mind opening. Yeah. Something different besides the Columbus story and 
you know, something more relevant, especially to to see your own self in history, I think is is important. And it's crazy that it takes us such a long time before we're able to. Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy just to know all different cultures, not just my own, starting to uncover and see it, the connections between different ethnicities that I never knew had connections. Um, but I think it's good. A lot of people are like a lot of historians from different cultures are speaking up more um, and digging into our history. So that's been pretty awesome to just learn from all of those historians. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I love seeing that the difference, the differences that kind of bring everybody together, actually. So you said that um, something I was going to ask you as soon as you said okay, I'm, you're a Filipina, um, but the people I know that are from the Philippines, they and they're in the military, they are in the Navy. And so is that something like, is that a cultural thing or like what, what, what kind of connection is that do you think uh, to the Navy and the Philippines? I know, I don't know the exact details, but I do know that for a lot of Filipinos gaining citizenship and they did go through the Navy. And so a lot of them were able to become American citizens through that route. So, um, but I never got into the details of asking all of the uncles about it. But I knew that the connections back in the Philippines, they had, you know, a base that was set up and everything. There was a lot of connections there. Yeah, that's cool, though. That's something I need to go and, and look up myself. I need to go study a little bit. Are you an only child? Are you, um, you got lots of siblings? How was that? So I am, I have two sisters. I'm the middle child. Um, so all female. <laughs> All female household. Um, it's been it's been pretty awesome having a very female dominated family, um, mm-hmm. and especially like on my dad's side. There, my dad I think he had eight siblings, and he was the only boy. So, lots of aunties, and lots of like and their children. A lot of them were females as well. So, huge family, um, huge family of females. Wow. <laughs> I'm just thinking about my dad. So there's three of us. Um, I have two sisters and we're all close in age. And so my poor dad had like all these girls in the house at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, like when I grew up, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry that, you know, you couldn't do all your guy stuff with all these girls in the house. <laughs> yeah. So I was just thinking about one of the cool things of just having so many females, uh, but having all these females is just I know that especially my dad is like, you know, everyone, you like, they want to see like somebody that they can bring up and reminds them of themselves Um, having, since there was only females, it was great to be treated as like, you can be anything, you know, we got all we got is females. So we're going to make them, you know, leaders, you can join the military, you could do sports, like anything that was stereotypically like a quote unquote guys activity. We were very free to just explore all of those. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference too. So, so as you grew up kind of like, all right, girls can do anything they want to do, like go for it. As you grew up in that, that mindset, and then you go through ROTC, you come into the military, like how did your experience as a uh, female Filipina in the military, how did that translate? Like, did you see that same thing when you came into the military? Huh, how that translate? It's very interesting. And 
it was, I think one of the first things I noticed, uh, I, I'm the aircraft maintenance career field. So it's a very male dominated career field. You don't see a lot of Asians. You don't see a lot of females. <laughs> and I think one of the first things was um, I being that person there. Um, how do I explain? Especially being overseas, there was a lot of men, regardless if they were enlisted, they were officers, don't care what rank, from E1 to E9, mm-hmm. getting hit on. Like, I don't want to, like, mm-hmm. over-exaggerate it, but... It's interesting as I speak to other friends that are also Asian um, that are living in different areas where the demographic is different or they're in a work where there's not many females or there's not a lot of that culture. You're kind of like this this, not, this exotic person where mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just another, you know, I'm just another Filipina in the street. You know, there's Filipinos over here. You know, there's so many cultures and when you go out in the world, you are definitely one out of nobody. <laughs> Maybe there might be one other person that's a that's Asian and that is a female, but there's not many of them. So that's kind of the unfortunate side of it. And I think a lot of, um, since there's not many, the stereotypes are a lot higher. Um, just for females alone, like if, if a female messes up, that's their perception of all females. And so I remember yeah. just coming in and like ha- being so positive and being told by one of my sergeants that the perception because of who, like being a female was that I wouldn't do that good of a job. So it was a challenge. Um, it was great to hear that because it kind of showed what I was up against up front, but it was also kind of like... a a down feeling of like really I didn't even do anything yet (laughs) and this is the yeah like give me a shot exactly and so and I don't know just being feeling that it's at a from a different demographic and going out into the world it's a shock and it's something to realize as you go out there that things are not what they seem and you should be able to read people differently because people are from different regions and they're not going to see you in the same way that you see yourself. So that was a big, um, big eye opener for me and something to be aware yeah. of. Yeah, And it sucks too, though, because you're like, um, like I tell people, like, give me, give me a chance to give you an idea about me before you have your idea about me. You might be right, but let me get a shot first. hundred percent. And (laughs) so, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's very different and learned really quickly. (laughs) Was that experience like kind of early on or did it come at a later time as you were involved in the military? Right away. I was a butter bar and Uh, that was my, one of the first experience I got on a base um, amongst many. And I think as a butter bar, the first thing (laughs) is that some people like to take advantage of the youthfulness Mm -hmm. and the, the unknowing mind of what the, what's out there in the world or how things are. So definitely as a young officer, that was, that was like an easy moment for them to be like, 
she's new. She doesn't know what the mm-hmm. rules are. She doesn't know the culture. So a lot of the first few years were just, you know, in a way, taking advantage of in that way where they use mm-hmm. that youthfulness to just say, this is how it is and it's okay. Um, I remember my first year, um, I was, uh, <laughs> my first year I interacted with another military member and was enlisted and in the military, like we all know, there's strict rules. And they said, it's totally fine. You know, I'm enlisted, you're officer, we should definitely get together. And that's happened more <laughs> more often than I would like to, you know, I could imagine, but it's just as a young officer, it's like, let's see what we can, we can get out of this. And it's, it's unfortunate. Yep. And, and once you get older, you kind of set those boundaries of like, all right, airman or sergeant, I need to talk to you. That was inappropriate. What you did there, you drunk texted me. What does it say here? You don't gain that type of knowledge or assertiveness on your first year or second year. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to understand this culture. Or in the ROTC world, it was like, you're going to be a leader. They don't talk about like getting hit on or how to deal with any yes. of that. They just talk to you about like, this mm-hmm. is the leadership stuff. They don't talk to you about being mm-hmm. different and how that's going to affect you being a female. And it's it's a different world. So I would say right off the it bat. Is. And so I'm very aware, I think, now being in a little bit, of, getting closest, you know, yeah, getting closer to seven years of all of the females in the military that especially those that are enlisted, unfortunately, there is less privilege in that because of rank. And so being aware mm-hmm. of like, if they could be going through that or, and they ha- they're brand new, they don't know that they're not supposed to be treated like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So that yeah. was my first experiences <laughs> in, in, wow. in that sense. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of stories. Wow. And I'm not, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked because it's unfortunately, because I think, um, I think it happens to a lot of females when they come into the military, but like you said, nobody kind of prepares you to, to how do you handle this appropriately? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course we all know the, the rules, we know UCMJ, but there's still a, like, I don't know, like a finesse to how you like shut somebody down, but still be their yes. leader. Uh, without messing up your, you know, your, your influence over the whole group. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> if they could, they could teach you that, like earlier, that would be helpful. Yes, yes, definitely. How to keep the line, keep that professionalism without, you know, I hate to, you know, people thinking of you as the, that, quote unquote, demanding, and that pushes people away. There's mm-hmm. like a balance to it. And it takes time and yep. it takes experience or someone to teach you, which not all the time we get. Yeah, because in a career field that, okay, so I'm trying to put myself in your situation where you're Filipina, uh, there's not probably another Filipina leader in the organization. There probably is not even another woman like close by for you to say, Hey, is this something you dealt with too? Is this like, you know, you got any tips for me? So you're kind of like 
a minority within a minority <laughs> within a minority mm-hmm. group trying to just figure it out mm-hmm. definitely um yes and wow. it's depending on where you're at sometimes a job is definitely the job always does you know mission first but that's where some people get left behind in terms of that mentorship things are so fast the little details like that get a little bit swept behind wow so then I don't want to put words in your mouth, but was this like that type of experience for you as a, a minority group um, getting hit on and kind of people feeling like it was okay to, to cross or approach, you know, trying to cross the line? Is that, was that something that like continued on as you continue military service or have you seen it kind of just stop and people get in line with where they're supposed to be? They've gotten in line. And a part of that is just me understanding how to read people better. What is those nonverbals or those small words that they're using where you're like, that's going to be the line, you know, or that's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the little things that that are slowly put in there. Like I remember another sergeant said, I'm lonely and looked at me and though and they didn't say anything. But you mm-hmm. know your gut feeling after experience, mm-hmm. after experiences, you already know, mm-hmm. got it. You need to talk to someone. I'm not going to help you. Not because I don't care about you, but I'm, that is not my role. And you learn how to right. put that line automatically just based on your gut. And so did it get better for me? Yes, because I understood what was going on and I could catch it right away. But not because everything around me changed. I had to change and become mm-hmm. smarter and quicker and, and assertive and just cut it off and be like, nope, we're not going to even go even a step further. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you don't know that, especially mm-hmm. when you're young, you don't know that. You're like, you think the best for everyone, but you start to realize yeah. what is somebody, gen- what is, who is a genuine person and who is somebody trying to use you for something else? whatever it may be. So, yeah, I think this <laughs> exactly when I remember when I came in, I was um, a, the, the new lieutenant right on this small base. And I had to I didn't know they were no contact orders, but I was like dishing those things out left and right, where I was just sending it, I would send an email like, hi, you contacted me, please don't do that again, use your first sergeant or, um, or don't talk to me at all. It was just kind of like emails like that. But I thought it was normal. Like, I didn't know that other people don't have to tell people to not approach them in that kind <laughs> yes. of way until I started, like, getting older. I'm like, oh, this is not normal. But I'll tell you, like, my first probably two years was, like, okay, copy, paste. Let me, okay, what's your name? Let me send you this email, too. Like, don't talk to me. Talk to your shirt. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Several you know, iterations yes. of that. And don't find me on <laughs> Facebook and try to message me while you're drunk. Just don't do it. Like it's just um, don't. Yeah. Sending that right away. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you get it. <laughs> Gosh. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't know other people had to deal with that until, like I said, as I grew up and I'm talking to people and they're like, yeah, you know, that happened to me too. Or some people like, no, that didn't happen to me, but something else did where I had to put people in their place uh, because I'm a female and I was younger and 
you know, they assume things that they mm-hmm. should not have. Goodness. Learning boundaries. Gosh, it's annoying. Yeah. yeah. And, but it is annoying though. You're like, I'm just trying to be great at work and you're trying to do something else and yes. I don't have time. Like, yes. No. And I, it makes it hard <laughs> because you care a lot about people you lead. And so it's just, yes. I, I care about you, but this is, this now is coming to the point where I can't help you on that because that's going to be crossing that line. But you can I care so much, but knowing, you know, putting boundaries, mm-hmm. you can still care, but put boundaries. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the ticket. I think that's something if they could incorporate that into ROTC, just to teach that to mm-hmm. females. Um, I don't know who else might benefit, but I, I would have benefited from maybe a couple lessons in, okay, you are going to the military. These are people that have committed to a, a cause, but they're still regular people from society. And you may have to deal with this little bit of nonsense from these people. So here's yes. how you do it. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you've been in for a little bit of time now, and but you stay in the military, mm-hmm. you know, like you continue to serve where, you know, you could do something else. You could do anything else probably, but you stay in. So like, why stay in the organization with, with, you know, that kind of attack or maybe attacks a strong word, but that type of thing happening because of your minority affiliation? I, a lot of it comes to why I joined in the first place. And I joined specifically on the officer side to make a difference. Um, as small as it is Mm. and growing up I loved bringing people together any type of activity um, music sports um, dancing I just love working with people and so I felt the officer route was my calling on work of where to go and the challenges in the military have definitely been a lot more than I could ever think but it's still that same purpose mm-hmm. of I'm here to make a difference. And if, you know, and I realized that sometimes making a difference isn't about like, you know, making all of these people see I have all these views or I, I don't know, I post something, whatever it may be. It's just being present, being at my work, people seeing me, um, going to meetings and everyone on the table A lot of the times, maybe there might be one Black person at the table, and then there's me. Sometimes there's no minorities at the table. Uh, And you look Mm -hmm. across the Mm -hmm. whole room, and you're briefing, quote, at the table to a commander. And it's like, I'm here. (laughs) You're just like, I'm not going anywhere, so Mm -hmm. I'm here. And I'm here to just be here, regardless of the adversity Mm -hmm. and everything around me that's going on I'm still here and I think knowing that other people like oh I think that was a big thing that came up to me with um, Vanessa Gulen well that was like a big thing where people Mm -hmm. started posting and it's like that's even more reason to just be I'm here (laughs) like and it you know we're gonna be in this together and we're gonna make things right and I'm gonna within my circle of you know influence I'm going to try and make things right. And so I think that's my motivation is that I do have that ability and I believe I have that ability. 
every day when I go to work. And sometimes I don't get everything I want, but I still have influence for the leaders above me mm-hmm. and definitely for the people that I lead. And that's, that's for sure. <laughs> so I realize the smallest yeah. difference is just get your values right and just be present. And that alone is a huge thing. And I didn't realize how powerful that is. So that's why I stay. Yeah, I like that. And and when you mentioned about uh, Vanessa Gouin, of course, she was the, mm-hmm. the Army soldier at Fort Hood. That uh, was, was that April? Yeah, May? That, um, that was deep. And yeah, to see that yeah. type of, you know, just, yeah. oh, all the things that go around it. Oh, man. Crazy. It's like, I, mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. make it better. I'm not going to make the whole entire military better, mm-hmm. but whatever I touch is going to be better. Yeah, you said a lot, and I agree <laughs> with all of it. <laughs> Especially, I can relate to you're the one person, or maybe there might be mm-hmm. two or three um, minorities in a room, and you know there is the table, that proverbial table that all minorities are taught about. Hey, get mm-hmm. a seat at the table, and when you get there, show up. And you're like, okay, I'm here, but why am I here by myself yeah. all the time? <laughs> like, can I have other And it's a little table? pressure, too, to just be at the table. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to look bad because, you know, whether any type of minority, whether it's female, whatever minority, who's ever at that room, whoever the minority mm-hmm. is, you know that that's going to be the impression of people that look more so like yep. me. You are the person that. It shouldn't be, but but I feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only person. Cause like I walk in a room and I even heard I've heard my wing commander say this. Like he's he's just phenomenal. And I love that he does not he's everybody's commander, right? But he does not deny his heritage, Mm -hmm. his culture, like none of that. And um I haven't been able to see it at this level Mm -hmm. up close before. So to watch him like work his magic on this basis like crazy but um he'll talk to us as leaders um about these difficult things and he's like you know you 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 walk in sometimes you just look around just to see um somebody like you you know you're Mm -hmm. looking for something just just because it's just nature and I know I do I walk in a room and it's like it's just kind of an automatic where I'm like okay where's all the where's all the women okay where's all whatever where's all the like I'm supporting where's all the support people and so I just start looking for groups until I fit somewhere but often when I look when I look for like my like gender or racial minority that's like it's a little bit difficult for me to to find that and it's so one of the it's kind of funny but it's still awkward but I remember being in a room and every there's commanders everywhere and they were all, you know, there was no minorities, just me. And I was the only female, both. So you have double. <laughs> and, and I remember oh, like, we're gonna have yes. talks and making sure everyone, whether you're female, whatever <laughs> race you are, we're going to make sure that like you're OK. Every single person in that room, who do they talk to? They talk to me and they're like, are you OK? are you okay? And I was like, throughout the day, everyone was asking me if I was okay. And I was like, is that... it's like, oh, it's terrible. I'm that person. I was like, it's, it's really awkward. It's just like, oh and it's, God. it's, a, it's, it feels yeah. like a checklist. Like we're going to talk about it now. All right. You're the person. I was like, please stop. <laughs> Let's yep. just be normal and just yeah. ask yeah. me how I'm doing every day or <laughs> normally don't just pick a day to ask me. 
oh so awkward <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it is and then I, I talked to some of my friends I'm like okay so is it awkward for you too as it is for me like I see my white male friends trying to like talk about race and a lot of them are fumbling because they want it to be like, they want it to be right. And they don't want to come off this way and that way. And so they, it's, it just mm-hmm. becomes awkwardness and, <laughs> and it's kind of funny, but it's kind of like, all right, y'all, if this was more normal, mm-hmm. this wouldn't be a big deal. So let's make it normal to talk about like, okay, we have these racial and we have these gender and we have all these, you know, things that are diversifying, um, but let's not (laughs) act like they're not there anymore. Let's just talk about them. (laughs) It's okay. We're all on the same team. I have so many friends from California. (laughs) I only, I say California just because at least the areas Mm -hmm. that I've been in, so diverse. There's just, everybody is on the same street or... Um, when I've talked to a lot of friends that we, you know, we're all military, we've moved to different places and think it's so shocking for us because we become like a minority of the minority because we don't, we are one of the few that get to experience so much culture in one little place. And when we go to other places, the simple thing of like, how do you talk to a minority? It's like, we don't think about that because we are surrounded (laughs) by it. Hispanics, right. Black, Asians, like Pacific Islander, all over the place. And we just, we're normal. I, I guess, quote unquote, normal, but that's not usually the case for everyone. And I like, just again, I'm now I'm in the South. Um, and every time I go to a store or, or any, like a restaurant, like the first thing <laughs> they ask me is, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from California. Like I'm an American, like, and it's so crazy. Like they don't think they're being offensive. And I was like, how many stores I'm going to go to where they keep telling me where I'm from? I'm here. And they're like, what do you yeah. do here? And it's, there is so much fascination. And so probably that's where it comes across where it's like, I've never seen somebody different. And so for me, it's shocking because yeah. I am an outsider and I've never felt like an outsider because I was stuck in a little bubble of all these cultures but really out in the open that's not the real world there isn't that mix everywhere so it's very funny traveling um it's very funny traveling you stick out it's crazy you do and I I think that's the cool thing too about like military folks we're all just Mm-hmm. You know, military folks, right? But like you said, when we go, like when I go home and I am from the South, um, I I see from mm-hmm. where I came from. And it sometimes it's like, wow, I didn't know anything about people mm-hmm. while I was growing up. And, I, and, and shamefully, too, I didn't know that there were so many different types of people when I was growing up because in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. we didn't have yeah. variety. You know, we had us and and. And then, and then if there was anything different, we didn't even know what to call it, that, that different culture, like properly. Mm-hmm. So the way I grew up, like people didn't, nobody knew. And so it's, I kind of laughed to myself and I kind of feel bad for people when I go home to the South and I'm just like, wow, like this, this could be me not knowing what that, that person is not Korean, like in, mm-hmm. but they're Japanese or, you know, <laughs> yeah. not even 
mm-hmm. <laughs> like they don't know yeah. they don't but know. that's normal like in the whole world <laughs> even like internationally traveling like that's normal like you know if you're in japan mainly japanese if you're in south korea you're really south you know south koreans live there so it's it's very interesting mm-hmm from where I lived at it's just I realized no I'm the weird one nobody gets a lot of that experience of different people in one area it's actually not common and I know that sounds dumb but I've never I never grew up I thought the whole world was like California I was like not the whole world the U.S. I was like the U.S. at least yeah to be like yeah yeah there are so many different cultures even within our country so very different so okay so do do you have um if you had like you know could make anything happen in the military where it comes to minority discussions what is the one thing that that can be done to make more positive uh minority military experiences i think just being aware and i don't know what is the best way to make people aware of different people and i say that as different cultures you know they are different um, in so many ways, and we don't see it because we are so assimilated. Um, I think it's awesome that we're kind of reaching out, and we we do have like cult- like you know different months for different races, and that's cool. I mean, we get to learn more. But I guess I don't know if I have the solution of it. But like, how do you get more people to understand all types of people? Um, and so. Mm-hmm if there was one thing is just being able to have that safe environment to welcome other people. And I don't know if that starts at the education level or maybe teaching it, but the simple things uh, recently, something that's been on my mind is like, even just the way we communicate and like high context versus low context. I know the first thing that stood out to me, and it doesn't have to be just generally speaking, like Asians, usually have the high context versus low context where they're reading nonverbals. They have, they're more in that community type of feel um, where people understand each other. Not everything has to be said. I know that was shocking for me uh, when I got into the military to see that the way that I was brought up is how my parents taught me. And, you know, speaking all the time was not, you don't need to talk all the time if you don't have something important to say. And that's not necessarily uh, minority specific. It can be. And a lot of the times, a lot of cultures are like that. You have it, but there's not enough of it to understand other people's ways of communicating. That's how I was brought up. That's how a lot of our cultural background is you know, brought up, but it doesn't apply to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that, just learning that, learning about different people's cultures and food, the things we talk about. I know these are just so many random ideas, but really getting outside of the box that we have and educating other people about what is outside of our box in the you know the filipino culture Mm -hmm. like it is so fine to eat with your hands i love bringing that example up because you know that fork and your spoon and it's like (laughs) you could just eat with wash your hands really really well yeah and let's have a feast let's proper leg up and let's be informal we can sit wherever we want to. Let's not worry about like, you know, this formal type of setting and let's be okay with that or, you know, different. Yeah. And, and so I've used that awareness of like just being aware in the military of like how much my culture has been going, uh, how I've assimilated so much 
and trying to bring back just anything I can think of from mm-hmm. the way I eat, my mannerisms, the way, I, you know, not caring so much on how I talk, uh, try to bring, trying to reach out and trying to reach out to other ethnicities that may feel more alone and say, hey, isn't in their culture, you have a certain food where it's like a dessert, like, what do you have? What is your experience? And they feel so much Mm -hmm. like, oh, someone's recognizing Mm -hmm. that I don't just eat normal, you know, just normal, you know, the food that the majority of people eat, like, there, there are some other things that are out there right. or mannerisms or, and one yeah. way is not the right way. And I know we're big on that, especially when we try for the military, as we travel to different places, but being more aware of it within our military, within mm-hmm. the members of our military that are in it. And that is huge, I think. And mm-hmm. that diversity of thought and the way we go about things, I definitely strongly believe that's going to make us stronger and how we connect to people and how much more open we'll be and it's again those little things those little discussions that we have again those and I've come to this word after just this year specifically like microaggressions when something is like not going against to what your norm is how many times do minorities have to go through that and it's so much you don't even realize it and so I, I think it's important for minorities to stick to like being their culture and American. So for me being Filipina American, you know, but don't drop it. Just be American. It's Mm -hmm, like you, mm -hmm. your parents were immigrants from somewhere else and they have something special to bring, you know, you could, you know, add to that mix in the military and make it better. Um, And so that's, I I don't know how we get to that point of having us to freely talk about our experiences and, you know, really enjoy hearing about other people's stories without the immediate reaction of, ew, what's that? Oh, why are you doing it like that? That's not how that goes. Yeah. And it happens so often. Yeah. You don't hear a lot about culture. How do you ask those questions to people to make sure you are understanding who they are? And maybe they're losing themselves. And I know that happens. I happened to me a while ago where I was like, I'm losing all of my cultural, yeah. like what makes me me. And so it's interesting because it doesn't have to come from mm-hmm. minorities. I've had a lot of mentors that are white. And it's not like mentors, like they're just there. They just mentor me. And they have taught me a lot about, you know, remembering my culture and like, you need to participate in that. Isn't that, aren't you Asian? Aren't you Filipino? And like, well, we want to know more about you. I was like, you do, <laughs> you know? And it, those type of discussions, <laughs> it reminds me that it's like, I do have something to offer that's different. That's from my family where they've been. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because I, when I talk to my, when I talk to my uncles about like discrimination when they're in the military or my own family who was discriminated against when they came to America, all of those things that made them different, that people didn't like, whether it's the way they talked, they weren't quote unquote assertive enough, or you no, know, again, that low context, high context. Uh, it reverses and they said you know those white mentors were like you should be proud of who you are it's different and it's pretty awesome that type of you know encouragement from anybody doesn't no matter what their culture is is so important to remind people like you know who they are we're not Mm -hmm. here to erase people you know we're here to you know remind yourself like who you are any culture and that transfers to anybody and the more I see yeah see myself so I'm going yeah. rant but 
the more I see, <laughs> the more I see myself. No, it's like, good. Oh man, I'm losing out on this. I start like you know connecting to like those that are natives, like that we call Native Americans, or like you know any type of yeah. minorities. Like oh, their culture. What about their culture? The more you know about yourself, the more open you are to learning about others and how important it is to them. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just knowledge, mm -hmm. getting the word out, getting people to understand what's outside of their norm, and one thing is to have people to be courageous enough to ask those questions. Like you said, it can be awkward. They don't know what to say or we don't know what to say sometimes, depending on where you're from. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. having the courage just to ask and you might be right. wrong and it's, it's okay, you tried. <laughs> you know? And right. uh, and yes, Chief Wright, he had that uh, on his Facebook with Brene Brown and I loved that video. Uh, one thing that she said on there was, I'm not here to uh, be right. I'm here to make it right. And I love it so much because I get so much shame sometimes. Yes. I mess up things with other cultures too. And I'm like, oh my goodness, did I just say that? And I always have to tell myself, you know. But but you mm -hmm. don't know. You don't know so everything like, about every, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it should so be I use okay. that too. And I'm like, okay, e even if it's not culturally related. Sometimes I slip up and I was like, I'm not here to be right. Yep. I'm here to make it right. So just being courageous and that's just trying mm -hmm. <laughs> to have those conversations um, and just yeah. having that with yourself that you're here to try yeah. and make it right. So that's all I have. Yeah. And putting the effort, put, putting that effort in, it's so significant because when people, when you, tr if you're trying to understand somebody else, mm -hmm. then hopefully they can see that. And just kind of like meet you where you are and say, oh, actually, like I remember I had <laughs> my first encounter mm -hmm. with a, a Samoan and she her she had on uh, she had a picture. And first, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what Samoans were. Right. I didn't know anything about it. And I was in the Air Force when I learned this. So that's like, mm -hmm. you know, that's how long it took me to know. Um, but. <laughs> she I go to her office and she put on a uh, I mean she had on a, a picture and it was like it was her dad at a wedding and I said hey is your dad wearing a skirt no. she said what and I was like right there he's wearing a skirt she was like no it's not a skirt I think it was like a Tongan or something appropriately called but she was like no it's not a skirt you've never seen this I'm like nope never seen it and so she took me through like what her like the significance of what her dad was wearing and his position in their family and um and then she went and got, went she went home for something and she came back and she brought me like a, a piece of the material that I could use I still have it today mm -hmm. and now I use it for my hair like a hair wrap but um but it was just like an exchange where she was just like, she didn't shame me. She was just like, we thought it was funny. She was like, you think my dad's wearing a skirt? He's not wearing a skirt, girl. And I was like, well, you know, I'm brand new into the Air Force. I never saw this like this. So tell me. And, and I just wish we could have like more like of those honest, easy exchanges uh, for people to just understand yes, a little bit better each other. And it's, it's not about being the same. No. It's, getting everyone to make their differences known that's so important it's like we are all one military we're all one like air force and we're here like as a force but we're all very different and i don't 
think we should ever discount anyone for being different if it, you know, it still works. It's just a different way of going about it or different way mm-hmm. of seeing it. So that's the beauty, I think, of, you know, our military is that we have a lot of those differences. Mm-hmm. Yep. You said that right. <laughs> so I just wanted to, uh, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing. Hey, that does it for today's episode. I want to say thank you so much for staying to the end, for listening to the conversation. You can follow me on Cadence at Cadence Combo on Twitter, and you can send me an email at shebegreat at gmail.com, and I try my best to respond. And of course, I'm on the global Tamika page.